The views and opinions expressed in Media Litter Sandwich do not reflect on the views of the network, station, studio, website, sponsors, guests, hosts themselves, anyone or anything else associated or even not associated with this podcast. Maybe not even the person that said them. In other words, do your own research and do not sue anyone over what is said on this show. I could start with a joke, fake laugh, maybe awkward silence. But if you want to be the first people to listen to Media Litter Sandwich, by the way, welcome to Media Litter Sandwich. You could go ahead, go to dvradio.net, click on the schedule and see when we are. We're normally on Tuesday nights, but since I was on hiatus, I'm still recording while on hiatus. I have no idea when this is, re- this is playing now, but I'm probably in the chat room. So there's always that. <laughs> and today, joining me, maybe for the third or fourth time, but never have we hit record, unfortunately, which is horrible. And that's the whole reason why I started the I Forgot to Hit Record uh, support group on Facebook. Uh, we have Amal. Am I say, I'm saying that right. Amal? <laughs> uh, you know, I've heard everything. Yeah. It, technically, it's Amal. Amal. Uh, but I've heard everything, so it doesn't really matter. I, I, I it does, it does matter. I want to say it correct. Okay. <laughs> yep. Emil Grafstra. See, I'm not even attempting at that last. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I'll end up start going to dentistry stuff. I'm all sure. teeth, <laughs> exactly. something, and it's it's not good. And you know, we met a while ago. And let, let, let me t- tell everyone how, how we met. Sure. Um, we were at a con and I was going ha- I was going around filming cosplay, which there is more cosplay videos up on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Toad and K. And this guy, uh, Larry, comes up to me. He's like, hey, you're going to see something really cool. You're going to want to record this. And if you don't want to use it, just send me the video and I'll pay you for it or something. Like, uh, I can't turn that down. She's like, Curry, come on, come on, come on. You know, it's like, who turns that down when you're looking for something to cool the film? So I follow him thinking, please don't be lame. Please don't be lame. It's like, yep, I'm going to get my first implant. And I recorded him getting his first RFID implant in his hand. And you were the gentleman administrating that. And please tell us about that you have two companies now that yeah, yeah. that do that or at least even make them yeah so uh i think i remember that con and it, this was a, like a while back this is years um, ago yeah yeah so I, I you know i got an rfid transponder in my left hand in 2005 uh it was just a personal project i wanted to be able to open doors and you know get rid of my keys basically and that project kind of hit the media, you know, as it were, and the uh, Twitters of the day. Um, and then, you know, more and more popularity kind of came on and then uh, ended up writing a book called RFID Toys uh, that like it's, it's RFID for hobbyists, like electronics hobbyists, how to build projects with RFID integrated in them. And so, you know, things like how to open your door with an RFID uh, card, not, it wasn't focused on implants, but, um, but there was some, some, you know, mention of them in the book, but by the time, you know, 20, I forget when it was, but it, through that whole period of time, there was a lot of interest that it kept gaining and gaining. And, uh, then I started, uh, a company dangerous things, 
to supply um, safe tested implants because there was just enough people, just enough interest um, that I was like, well, I either have to start ignoring these people or I need to kind of put a business model around it to make it worth my time. Uh, and so we had two goals. One was safe, safe stuff. And then the other goal was safe procedure. So how to put it in safely. And that quickly morphed. A lot of morphed. safe things for a company called yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, you know, the, the name specifically was, uh, it was for early adopters, literally bleeding edge uh, technology adopters. <laughs> bleeding um, edge. Yeah, bleeding edge adopters. <laughs> and, um, you know, the name is just, it, it, for, for that whole time, I kept getting, you know, kind of uh, grandmas and such, you know, they'd be like, this is very dangerous. And, um, and, it's, <laughs> and it wasn't, right? It's just, it's actually less dangerous and less risky than an ear piercing. Um, but, you know, I was just like, well, if people think it's dangerous, we'll just go with dangerous things and just make it a thing, right? And so uh, I bought the domain actually for, I think, two grand from somebody who had had it. Um, you know, they were they had it up for sale. So I bought the domain and um, then, yeah, started, you know, testing stuff and then eventually very quickly started manufacturing. And we manufactured the world's first NFC compliant RFID implant. Um, that was on Indiegogo uh, as a crowdfunded project. So, um, and what year between, was that, do you, if you remember? 2013 was the start of Dangerous Things wow. and the launch. Yeah. So we we did the XNT, which was the um, the NFC implant on Indiegogo. We got almost four times the raise goal. Um, you know, and it was, you know, the first NFC implant. Uh, then we started selling that and then combination with the XEM, which is the low frequency one, which I think I was doing at the, at the con. Um, and then it kind of, uh, you know, picked up steam and the, the types of people coming to buy these things were less and less, you know, tech nerds or, you know, electronics hobbyists and more and more kind of just general public, like average users, like, Hey, this looks cool. I want to, try it out. I want to, you know, do some cool stuff with it. And so it very quickly became obvious that we needed to kind of up the game a little bit and uh, in, improve the technology for one, uh, and then kind of build some services around, build build this infrastructure so that it's not just somebody buying a widget and then they, it's kind of left in the dark as to how to use it um, or what they can use it with. So VivoKey, uh, we started that in 2018. And all of the VivaKey products are crypto secure. So the, they're crypto processors in the implants that perform various types of encryption, everything from RSA public keys or ECC to uh, AES and other symmetric um, types of cryptography. But the point is that they're secure products. They work with the VivaKey platform, which is a backend that will allow you to do cool things. Like if you have a WordPress blog, for example, you download our plugin for free stick it in your WordPress blog, uh, and then you connect it to the VivaKey platform and you can log in without a username and password. You just scan your chip and log into WordPress. Um, that's one example. <laughs> okay, so we have a couple things to unpack there. Sure, so sure. For those that couldn't stay <laughs> along the whole way, you're just like, okay, yes, we're talking about putting chips in your hand still. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> video version is different than the audio version. I know you're not feeling well today, so we just have yeah. a picture, but it's a very awesome picture. It's a picture of two hands with the, it's an x-ray of two hands where you can actually see the chips in both hands. Um, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my x-ray from 2006. Mm -hmm. uh, the left hand is um, is on the right because uh, you know it's inverted. But okay. um, so that that's the original one from 2005, which is still in my left hand. Um, 
the one on the right hand, which is on the left of the picture, is um, I think at the time it was a high tag, um, high, a Philips high tag chip, which went unused. So I removed it and then I replaced it with a prototype of the XNT uh, NFC implant for the Indiegogo campaign. And then we actually ended up hitting stretch goals for the campaign, which changed the improve the chip type that was in there, the little silicon chip. So then I ended up removing the prototype and replacing it with a productized version. Uh, my right hand has had a lot of stuff in and out of it. <laughs> wow. And it's funny because the one in your left hand is is noticeably bigger than the one yeah. in the right hand then. And I, I noticed, and I assume that size in the right hand has uh, changed when it comes to the different uh, um, chips. Yeah. So the, the one in the left. chips? What are you calling yeah, them? Well, I mean, technically speaking, the the chips proper... are inside it doesn't yes exactly right. so so i know and this is where it's infuriating because marketing starts to take over your vernacular right and mm -hmm. so um technically speaking they are rfid transponders or rfid tags and that is okay. what that means is it's the complete form factor so the chip the antenna the casing it's in that could be a credit card that could be a key fob that could be any number of form factors they're all rfid transponders or tags now, some RFID transponders are also NFC compliant, which means that you can use them with NFC devices like smartphones or other mm -hmm. things that speak NFC. So, uh, you know, we and end you up use calling it for them keyless entry. So, it's yes, your you can keyless key. entry. So, so we can break <laughs> that down. R RFID means radio frequency identification, and mm -hmm. just means there's some way or method to determine a unique identification, usually just a number, a serial number of some sort. But sometimes it's other things like crypto keys or challenge responses, things like that. But there's some way to do that uh, over RF, so contactlessly, right? And the whole idea of identification when it comes to, you know, product on a shelf or anything like that is you're usually like taking an inventory, you're, you know, ensuring products are moving from one place to another through these checkpoints, uh, kind of like a package that you're tracking. But in case of human contact is usually about access, right? So you, can you get in? Who are you? Are you allowed in the store? Are you allowed to drive this car? Are you allowed to use the money in this bank account? Are you allowed to, you know, access the computer? Whatever it is, it's, it's usually boils down to access. And so, you know, to be able to do the same kind of quote unquote tracking of a human you'd have to like set up these portals and a like, very expensive reader infrastructure everywhere to to be able to essentially log right where a person walks around but because the chips are super tiny they they're put into the hand because the hand needs to be pressed up against the reader so if you had them in your elbow for example you'd have to place that elbow up against the reader to use it this is how you know little range they have. They're they're passive devices. They have no power source. They induct power from an active reader, which is generating magnetic field, and they have to be very well within that magnetic field to operate. So it's and not like that goes having into a, security, <laughs> and that definitely it's, goes yeah. into security. It's security, but also um, that's a that's a real terrible form of security if that's the only security mechanism. So there are <laughs> other factors at, at play, but um, it means that. You know, what you see in a Hollywood movie where it's like he's got a chip in his leg and we can shoot a missile at him and, you know, whatever. That's all bumpkiss, right? It's it's the same type of technology that's used in pets, like dogs and cats. Um, you know, you can't find a lost cat or dog. They have to be found and brought to a shelter and scanned at very close range. And then that ID number is checked in a database and they call you. 
So in human it's context, not a, a, a GP, uh, GPS, right? It's not sure. GPS. It's not any kind of active technology. It doesn't. In, in fact, when you're not presenting it to a reader, uh, it's there's no power. It's inert. It does nothing. Okay. Let, let's. I, I feel like we're going really fast. I kind of want to yeah. slow this down a little bit um, because we we talked about this before. We'll just call it our rehearsal. Sure. Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah. There were several cool stories and and things we. And my chair wasn't trying to kill me. <laughs> um, there are several cool stories, and I'd like to kind of slow down and go through some of these. Sure. Uh, you know, one we're talking about security, but let, let's let's talk about GPS since we just mentioned that GPS needs needs a power. So all of this uh, again, stuff in the media and movies and things that people like to believe. There's no GPS device on this. Correct. There's no active electronics at all. No GPS, no radio. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, they're called RFID, but there's no actual emissive radio, meaning, you know, when you have a cell phone or a CB radio or any kind of FRS radio or anything that transmits, you know, over distance, um, those types of radios emit an EM field. Um, but the it's the electric field that carries that signal. So, you know, it's not a transmitter in that way. It is a magnetically coupled device, mm -hmm. which just means that the very small physical phenomenon of a magnetic field that's generated, usually with an electromagnet, which is a coil of wire, not a not a rod antenna, right? Mm -hmm. That coil generates a small magnetic field. You bring your uh, chip in that field, which has another, you know, chip has a small coil, you know, antenna winding. And it inducts power. It works just like a transformer on the power pole works. Like there's two coils. They're very close in physical proximity. And the magnetic field of the active coil is pushing electricity through the passive coil, which is the tag in this scenario. So, you know, the, the way the tag pulls power is, is through induction. But the way that it communicates is just by pulling more or less power. And the reader can sense that pull of more or less current. Okay. And that's a one or a zero. So it's even with power, they're not transmitting anything. They're not broadcasting something right. like you'd expect. And right. you don't need to put a double A battery in your hand. Right. And you so don't need to charge it. You don't need to manage it. Right. <laughs> Which is the whole point of an implant. You do it's frictionless, right? There's you don't have to manage it. You don't think about it. Which is, you know, why I did it. I don't have rings, I don't have watches, I can't wear stuff. It just irritates me. So I wanted something that was completely you effective can't and wear robust. a watch, but you could put uh, yeah. a tag in your hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. The wa watches, rings, all that stuff. For one, you have to manage them, right? You have to put them on, take them off, make sure they don't fall off, deal with them in the morning and the night and when you shower and whatever, right? And then secondly, it just leaves crust on my skin, right? Like, as, you know, you wear them for seven days and you do you know, yard work or whatever, anything. It just gets gucky under there everybody who wears watches this sounds they know like, what a, like a first like. world it's gross type. it's gross it, oh it sounds like uh uh um those made uh those uh um uh, uh you've seen on tv type ads where <laughs> where you can't wear a watch because oh it so smells underneath it or yeah yeah or you yeah you have to change a battery like once a year <laughs> so you're not prepared for it yeah well i mean when you start talking about like apple watches which you need charging every night right mm -hmm. like the management yeah. burden just grows right it grows to a point where i just don't want to deal with it and um and the, the fact of the matter is that when you get an implant that's, you know, a passive device, there's no battery, you, you literally get it done 
it, it's over in a few seconds and then mm-hmm. uh, you have a bandaid on for a day and then you never think about it again. Like it just, you, as yeah. you have a new capability as a human being. Okay. Um, I, I do want to talk about um, people's thoughts and, and some of the conspiracy theories and stuff like that. But sure. before I do, uh, security is very important. And you have another company that addresses the security issues. Yeah. So, yes. So VivoKey, that was launched well, last year in 2018. Well, first off, the, 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 the keys aren't uh, – the keys. The tags <laughs> underneath uh, – oh, I guess they are keys, technically. Yeah, in one, <laughs> yeah, one function is, is a key, yeah. But very little security, and they're mostly for keyless entries for things that if someone came up and tried to rob you, they would have no idea what it's for. Right, and – Yes. And so, you know, when you when you talk about like just regular old RFID tag or RFID implant or an NFC implant that, you know, that has no none of these security features. And unfortunately, a lot of access control systems also operate with this very low or little or no security. Well, all it's doing is it's reading the serial number of the chip and then it checks a list and goes, yep, you're on the list. Open the door. That's all. So. A lot of work badges operate the same way, right? We think these are fancy security mechanisms, but they're not. Anybody can walk up, read that badge, and easily emulate it to the door and get in. So that's not secure, right? It's yeah, and if someone terrible. does know about the chip, they're not going to be holding you at gunpoint like, give me the chip now and take right, your yeah. hand and, then, and all that BS from the movies. Yeah. You and could in that case, rip it I out mean, with your teeth or something. You could if you wanted to, but I mean, in most cases, I mean, think about it. What's happening here is those types of attacks are surreptitious. They're, they're clandestine, right? Nobody wants to hold somebody gunpoint. They could just take their badge, but that doesn't happen. Way like, you know, the whole idea of like a, a physically assaulting someone for their security token is kind of ridiculous because anybody that has a security token that is worth raising the risk level to physical assault also probably has bodyguards well, and other well, let's mechanisms. Say, <laughs> let's say um, keyless entry to their Tesla. Sure. But like that's, no, that's still not going to be, you know, Tesla is a terrible example because as soon as that Tesla drives off, right, your phone, uh-huh. you go, my car was stolen. It shuts down. It records the perpetrator's face. It probably <laughs> locks them in the car and then calls the police for you. Like it's a, ter- <laughs> it's a moving jail cell. It's, ter- it's a terrible example. But, you know, you get my point. There's other mm-hmm. well, these are the things that-, that people mention. That's why I want. Sure, to sure. No, I know. But, you know, like the whole morbid <laughs> idea of like somebody's going to cut off your hand or cut it out of you. It's just ridiculous. And the data doesn't show that this is a problem. And by that, I mean, you know, there are billions of accounts and and people's lives that are literally secured with nothing more than a thumbprint on their phone. If you can access a phone and email and you got their whole life, but nobody's cu- cutting off thumbs, nobody. So it's not a problem. The problem is attackers who are either doing it randomly as people pass by and they try to read credit cards out of wallets or read work badges, you know, as they pass by or passports. Um, so random attackers, because those, those targets you, you know what to do with that data. You can sell it. You can you know, run off and buy stuff with it or whatever. Um, or there's some kind of targeted attack on a building where it's like you don't care whose credential you get. You just set up because you want to get in that building. Then you get yep. any random passerby that's going to go to that building. You set up a little sniffer by the door reader or something. So in those scenarios, you know, <clears throat> those are also very possible. But for, for implantee users of the older technology... They're what I call personal scope applications. It's your house, your door, your car, your computer. 
no random attacker is even going to know what the heck's up, right? If they did happen to get a chip read. Um, they're, so and it's they're not also a risk. very easy to take out, as you said. You they're very easy to take here. out, yes. But but I mean, the point is that the risk, the security risk for a personal scope application mm-hmm. is low. So you right. don't really need these, you know, advanced and most implants. people never even guess you have it. Exactly. It's very it, covert in every yeah, sense of the word, unless you disclose you said metal it. metal detectors don't even pick it up. They don't, no. I mean, it's less metal than what's in a tooth filling. And so... Uh, but when you look at the other side of the coin, if you want to now expand this to logging into websites, for example, well, if all you're doing is having a static serial number to secure your access to your bank info, that's a terrible idea because then anybody could just try random numbers and get in. So now we're starting to look at, you know, identity, you know, secure digital identities. And that's what VivoKey is about. The identity online is secured through standard web APIs like OpenID Connect, the Chip implant itself is the authentication factor. So VivoKey users don't have usernames or passwords. They have a chip scan. Uh, and then that authenticates them to these third-party services or to your own stuff, like your WordPress blog or whatever. Oh, no. So the, the security feature on the VivoKey is, um, f- for example, the serial number of the VivoKey implant is irrelevant. It's really the cryptographic functions of the chip. So when we put them through manufacturing, we have the chips either generate their own key pairs or uh, we load a key, a symmetric key into it, and then keep the uh, keep that in an HSM, a hardware security module. And so mm-hmm. when there's a challenge, a chip scan challenge, we send a challenge, which is typically just a random string of characters that we generate on the server side, send it through the phone to the chip. The chip does its magic on it and then responds. And that response is is a cryptographic proof, right? And so that comes back to us. We, uh, in some cases, we just decrypt it. And then we check to see, was it the same uh, stuff that we sent the chip uh, and using that same key? So we know it's the correct chip, you know, it has the correct key, and it's the correct data coming back. Uh, that po- at that point, we say, yep, this is, ver- this is verified. So it's not like somebody could walk up to your chip and, you know, quote, read it, um, because there's nothing to read. The, the, the key never leaves the chip. It's never sent outside of the chip once programmed. So um, there's, in fact, there's no way to do that. There's no command available to get that data out of the chip. So, you know, it's just through challenge responses. And that's why we control the challenge on the server side. We send the challenge. We know what we expect to get back in encrypted form. Then we decrypt it with the key that we expect from that chip. And if it matches, we know the chip was involved somehow. (laughs) So, you know, that's one example. So there's other public key systems that work slightly differently, but same concept. Mm -hmm. You know, send a challenge that does some crypto magic, comes back to us. We go, yep, that's the chip we want. Um, and it has to be matched up to the request. So if you if you know it's you wanting to get in with your chip to your WordPress, we send the challenge to you, your phone. You scan your chip with your your phone. So we know as part of this whole process that it's going to you. You're responding. If somebody else scans their chip, their VivoKey, it won't have the correct response for the challenge. So it'll come back and fail. Uh, if they scan something else without this possibility, it'll fail because we it doesn't support the crypto commands. <laughs> All right, so let's get a little more into the conspiracy stuff. This, sure. this is where we had some fun last time. Yeah. Um, first things first, the first thing I'm sure everyone, you know, you probably get asked all the time, um, which, by the way, you are um, in this type, in this market, you are a semi celebrity, if not a celebrity in this <laughs> market. Um, if you look up uh, uh, these types of tags, or chips, whatever you want to call them, you're your name, your face, all that comes up. 
Um, I was uh, I was looking up things to read uh, uh, last time we talked, and I was just like like things to do with your, your with your tags with your RFID tags, and mm-hmm. almost <laughs> like half the list was quotes from you. Oh, <laughs> amazing! So, Internet's crazy. So if you you want to talk to if anyone wants to talk to about to someone that knows about this stuff, we're doing it right now. Um, so let's go ahead and talk a little about the conspiracy thing. And, and again, I know you probably get asked this a lot. What do you think would happen if a company or a government or whatever made these things mandated? Or what's uh, the likability? Well, I mean, there kind of is no point mm-hmm. to that because the gains are excruciatingly minimal for a government or a large corporation, right? They're, first of all, they're expensive compared to other technologies like just tracking your phone. Um, they're expensive compared to other, they're-, they're And they can't they require, track you as of right well, now. Well, right, exactly, they can't, they can't track, track, you. track you. There's really kind of no gain for that whole concept. Um, if you start looking at like, you know, <clears throat> collecting metadata, so, so for example, you let's say you use your credit card to get gas and then you get a scone at the whatever and you get a coffee. Well, if it's, if it's not cash, you are alerting like five different companies when and where and how much you spend. You were in Seattle at the coffee shop down the corner and you spent five bucks. So we can probably determine through machine learning that was probably a scone, right? Like we know the prices, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's so much involved that you give up on a daily basis just by existing in a modern world that you, you know, to, to something about breaking the skin barrier makes people now suddenly, you know, privacy experts, but they're just, it does, it, there's no point because it already is there. The infrastructure for uh, keeping track of people and what they're doing and identifying them through all these means is already there. Now this, this touches on actually biometrics and the differences between what we're doing in biometrics. If you talk about identifying a person, let's say you're government and you want to identify people, there are tons of ways to do that. Um, just signal processing. You know, your your phone is off, but it's still like sending Wi-Fi probing packets out and Bluetooth is looking for people to connect to. And like it's broadcasting a ton of stuff, not just on the cellular network, but all the other radios it has, right? It's looking and it's broadcasting its presence. And so, um, you know, and that's just existing. That's not even talking about like GPS coordination and all of this. But the point is that there's facial recognition tied to all the city public CCTVs. There's, you know, and that goes through companies like City Watcher, who ironically got a ton of attention because they did uh, implants to get into their data center. But like people just looked over the fact that these people are consolidating video feeds from major metropolitan cities all over the US to do facial rec on them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's talk about those implants. <laughs> you know, like it made no sense. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the gains are, you know, laughable uh, when, mm-hmm. it's, when you're talking about doing this. But, you know, identifying a person as a government or whatever is vastly different from that person using that same mechanism to secure their own lives. And this is where biometrics uh, and every kind of other thing kind of falls down. If you submit your fingerprints, for example, to Apple, right, for the phone, then it's been shown over and over and over. These are easy. These things are easy to subvert. You can and easily get around. If you're ever them. arrested or joined the military or did a government job, you're, they already have your fingerprints anyway. 
Yeah, well, it's not just that. It's not having the fingerprints. It's being able to then correlate their use, right? Okay. So they have your picture from the DMV, yes. But now with all the CCTV cameras tied in and like all this other stuff, they can now use that information to just know where you are at any time and identify. So you look at China, right? They're able to do all yes. this stuff. Um, if you, you know, turn that around and say, well, if the user now wants to use that for their own security, it's, it's ineffective. It's useless for security purposes for the user. It's only really useful for uh, identifying purposes. So every, everything about the biometric systems and other systems that identify people is a liability for you, not a benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the stories we mentioned before was uh, of the mis the misspreading of information. Of course, again, back to the GPS. There was one story that I thought was really cool about the uh, sex trafficking, where uh, people were implanting. Um, right the people with it because there's a lot of people that claim they're implanted um and we could talk about that in a second but there was one in you know a couple of instances where people were implanted and uh um just basically everything they were told about the implant was lies saying no reason to run away because we're tracking you we have gps implants in you we know where you are all the time and one of the people ran away and she's she you know uh, um i think you know the story better than i do yeah um, <laughs> um yeah oh man i hate she, to do she this. ran I to like to... a hospital or something i want to yeah, say yeah she ran to I a have... hospital and, and and they took it out and was like oh and, and yeah. she was fine i um dude and she i hate away. to do this <laughs> i have to i have to cut it short and i'll reconvene with you in a little bit um, I have to run in and see what's going on inside. Okay. Go ahead. Um, take a break. All right, man. I'll give you a call back in a little bit. Sorry, dude. Okay. All right. So, unfortunately, uh, I'm all from Dangerous Things. He could not, uh, <laughs> he had to go. There's a family emergency. Uh, he is, <laughs> hey, when you own two companies when you're and you're doing this, uh, Things happen, uh, and uh, well, he also has family emergency, and things happen um, with any guests. I now we did have a deeper discussion before. Um, this is actually our fourth or fifth time trying to uh, to talk about this, so I can kind I kind of want to go over a few things that we've talked about in previous discussions. All of them not recorded, so all this is new information. And you could always go find him if if you just Google dangerous things or uh or his name, uh Amal uh A M A L and his last name is G R A A F S T R A. You'll find him and, and you can always talk to him as, as well or in any of his Facebook groups, which are very open and very good. Uh, so we mentioned a video where I show where a video that I did and it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube.com slash Toad and K. It's also on Toadin.com and it's a guy getting the implant done. It's really quick procedure procedure. And that video has been ripped many times. And a few of the people that ripped it, well, actually most of the people that ripped it and re-uploaded it on YouTube, uh, used to talk against this kind of thing. And 
they also have, I have a lot of comments, um, you know, again, the religious stuff, Mark of, Mark of the Beast, and a lot of schizophrenic things. Like, people have written comments, book, size of books. Like, I went up, you know, a lot of them, they get flagged, and so they're not all up on there. They get marked as spam. I read through them, and you could... <laughs> They're a size of small books, some of these stories about them thinking that uh, they were implanted against their will, never could find it in an x-ray, and they hear voices and all these things, and it's just, it's heartbreaking, and, um, you know, our, our, our guy, Amal, he gets these emails, and he responds to them. Uh, and I, my heart goes out to him, but most of the time it's not true. And so you have a lot of, to want to push this on a community is really inviting way more mental health issues because people are going to be paranoid about it and that's not good. Um, because there's already people with these with mental issue, mental health issues that already think they have these things going on, and they hear the voices, and it's 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 not related, but it is related because it's because I guarantee you, if I didn't talk about this, I would get comments about this on the podcast because I got so many you know, on this episode. Which you can find at MediaLittersandwich.com and your favorite podcast apps, uh, including Spotify and Mixcloud and iHeartRadio. So if you are learning anything from this or you're enjoying this, please go ahead and share it. Uh, so people are claiming all these types of things, and it's 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 a conversation you wouldn't think of because... You know, normally when we when we talk about these implants, we're talking about okay, what's the security risks? How do I use them? Why am I using it? What can I use it for? Uh, what's the procedure to get them in? What if I want it out? Which is really simple. Uh, take out, uh, like he said. He, he, I don't think he said in this interview, but before he said it's really not hard at all. You can almost just pick it out of your hand because it's just on the surface practically. But no one really noticed unless you point it out. Uh, and most people use it for the, the not the Vivo key. That one I don't know so much about. But he said that that's more of a security issue for WordPress and some other things. But for the keyless entry, most people aren't going to know that it's your house or that your house has keyless entry and and stuff like that. It's easier for them to get your key. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a pointed attack. Uh, no one's looking for that kind of stuff. So I just heard from Amal. He had a family emergency. Uh, he's really sorry he can stay. Unfortunately, I'm actually in the middle of moving, so I can't take. A, I can't stay here all night. Wait for him to call back. Just can't do that. Um, not sure what else I can talk about these tags without uh, uh, Amal here, but you can go ahead and look them up. Uh, dangerous things <laughs> if you look up rfid tags you will find him uh he's very high up on the list uh and and the vivo key things sounds pretty cool if you were to do something like that uh and 
And yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to comment. Feel free to shoot him a message or something. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If this uh, has been informative at all, please go ahead and share it. Uh, <laughs> and may the algorithms be in your favor.